Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Hello, all. Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with you once again. And we're going to have a lively chat today. But I want to remind everyone that this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. This does not constitute working with a licensed marriage and licensed mental health therapist of any type. So you should definitely seek out uh, help in your local area. And if you want to talk to some of our guests, make sure you stay to the in to be able to get their input and their suggestions if they can work with you or if they're if you're in their area or at least be able to consult with them for more information later on so today's kind of conversation is uh in some ways a continuation but also a new uh take on it as we have a returning guest and a new guest uh talking much more about the world of video games and basically working with children and family around work video games and things that we need to start being more aware of uh, in how we approach and think about the situations that are going on with our clients, with our families. And even these are useful questions for you parents who might be listening to this to start asking yourselves before you bring your kid in to work with one of us. So let's go ahead and get meet our guests today. So as you might remember from our in our beginning episodes, I think it's like episode four. Uh, one of our returning guests is Monet Goldman, who is a therapist in, here in the San Francisco Bay. He worked on developing a virtual ways of conducting play therapy using video games in therapy, and he joins with kids in their preferred game as long as it helps them build social and communication and self-regulation skills. Before the COVID pandemic, he was a play therapist taking kids to parks, ice skating, and rock climbing. When the pandemic hit, he shut shut down uh, his in-person activities and turned to the virtual activities to continue providing social play therapy over the telehealth. He's also listed in the Washington Post talking about video game and therapy, especially during the pandemic, but frankly, it's useful anytime year-round. Welcome, Monet. Thank you, Perry. Glad to be back. I guess with that intro, I, I do have a few uh, positive accolades to add on. I also got featured in Wired Magazine, um, you know, and I think not too shortly after our um, interview. So things Very are nice. ramping up. Yeah. Very nice. And our other guest, who's our new one for this one, is James Walls. James holds the title of clinical director and lead therapist of Alliance Mental Health. He oversees the growth of uh, statewide telehealth programs in his state, which I believe is Missouri. So uh, it's going to be Oklahoma. Oklahoma, sorry. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, He has obtained bachelor's degrees from John Brown University in child and family studies with a minor in psychology. He even went on to pursue a master's in human relations from the University of Oklahoma. John reports his passions for therapy as extending to all ages and stages with the advancement of teletherapy. He is able to provide these services across the state of, of Oklahoma. And he's also licensed in, Co- in Colorado and provides telehealth therapy to patients there across the state. In regards to working in mental health, James says, I like the personal growth that this job requires and the wealth of knowledge that our agency has. We had a diverse population of therapists that are each unique and comes from various walks of life. This diversity, ingenuity, and drive allows us to ensure that all families in the state of Oklahoma are provided with quality mental health care. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you, Perry. I appreciate you. Not a problem. So, Monet, if you want to give us an update, and James, if you want to give us a chance to understand how you guys got here and all of this. So let's start with Monet, and then we'll go to James. Okay. Well, I've actually been reflecting on my, I guess, journey experience working with kids mm-hmm. in, in kind of play and athletics. And actually it probably started when I was, um, you know, right out of high school and I was coaching my, um, alma mater wrestling team and going to community college. And 
and wrestling in college. And then also, you know, running kids' classes, summer camps uh, for the Stanford Judo program. And I, I think in a lot of ways, I was always searching for, you know, ways of using uh, sports, athletics as kind of a medium or vehicle um, for, you know, emotional development, social development. Um, you know, always great to, to um, you know, win, win championships, titles, but most likely it's not going to happen. And so my, my focus was really, okay, how can I maybe help the mental health of these kids, of myself too, which was kind of what athletics helped me with. And so in grad school, my, my project was actually, you know, a therapeutic martial arts program because I was working with kids in, um, you know, kind of juvenile justice uh, programs, probation, uh, foster care, and, you know, going on hikes and walks with them and really just trying to find ways of uh, connecting with them because so many of these um, guys were resistant to talk therapy, sitting down in a room and um, just wanting to find better ways to meet clients where they were, you know, and in appropriate ways for them. And of course, then the pandemic hit and had to find something new. And so I really tapped into, okay, what am I doing here? Um, I'm playing a game, I'm playing video games, I'm isolated, but boy, am I having fun? Am I able to finally not have all this anxiety and worry about what's happening in the world? And then I made that connection to how I can help my kids uh, or clients, really. Very nice. What about for you, James? Yeah, I, I think too, you know, um, agreeing with Monet is the pandemic changed a lot of things for us, um, especially as therapists, um, uh, even as our, our it extends to our clients. Um, you know, once the pandemic hit, um, we really had to quickly um, change our directive and perspective on how we interact and work with our clients. Uh, many of them were um, switching over to virtual type schools. Um, and as I started, you know, working with, with uh, clients that were at home all the time over teletherapy and stuff, in which I had done teletherapy for several years before that, you know, one consistent thing was, you know, trying to meet them where they're at, what are their interests? What are they doing? You know, and just talk therapy just wasn't getting there. And, um, you know, and, and one of the things that you hear from parents is all they want to do is play games. All they want to do is play games. And, and it really set with me as, you know, thinking about my, my own kids and their, their interactions with video games and stuff and how we have such a beautiful, um, parent child interaction and it bonds us. And so, you know, I, I just kind of took the step out there to try various games such as, you know, roadblocks or Fortnite and things like that. And what I started seeing was they were opening up and they were where they were very hesitant, where they were just would not go into deep things. You get them in a game environment, they'll they would tell me everything, you know? And, and so trying this new thing was, you know, especially here in Oklahoma, um, was very new, was very different. Um, and so it caused me to reach out there to find other clinicians, other therapists that were like-minded that were trying to explore this new medium of counseling. And that's actually how I, uh, met up with Monet, um, just doing some Google research and I found a news article of his and I was like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I, this is what I'm looking for. And so, you know, we were able to connect and do a, you know, just a consultation meeting and um, things just started falling into place from there. And, and it was really refreshing for me to know that there's other people out there that are trying different things and trying to reach these kids and these families in a different environment versus just, you know, just bringing them in the office um, and setting them down in a chair and, you know, or, or get, you know, us that are done play therapy for years, you know, we know what it's like to have our knees dirty, getting on the ground and um, just trying new things. And it's just been really beautiful. Very nice. So 
one of those things that we're biggest sort of here to talk about is that aspect of video games playing and especially its interaction with the family and such. So where would you guys like to start this conversation at? Yeah, I think, you know, so much maybe skepticism questions um, that, that usually comes top of mind. And I've had to really think about, okay, how do I meet the parents where they are so that they understand that I'm just doing more than playing Fortnite Roblox mm-hmm. with them. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I think, helpful to maybe explain what therapy is because a lot of parents will come in like, okay, like he needs to talk about how bad school was. And it's like, well, he's eight. And I'm not sure if, you know, that's maybe where he's, you know, developmentally at right now. And, you know, I, I think. I think there's too much emphasis on maybe the verbal communication and looking at, hey, how is how are these other ways of connecting and presenting behavior, presenting emotions through play? And that's kind of what maybe uh, therapists uh, are trained to do is okay, looking at maybe the underlying themes, the metaphors, um, providing that space where they can feel safe, comfortable, open enough to express, Hey, this is, you know, what's going on. Or, uh, especially with Roblox, you have like these avatars, these kind of, you know, block dolls. And I've had kids, you know, as we're playing label me as a family member that had passed away. And then we can, I can then be their family member and interact with them and have this, you know, nurturing interaction. Um, so I think it's helpful to also lay out hey, like this, this also takes time, you know, to, mm-hmm. to get to that spot, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes takes months. Um, but it, it's helpful and it's, um, you know, it's, it's worth it. So. Mm. And what about for you, James? Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, and, and first thing that, you know, Monet mentioned was the questions and the skepticism, um, regarding, uh, gaming interaction and stuff, you know, cause what you find is you have a lot of parents that have negative, um, interactions or negative thoughts regarding the gaming environment. And, you know, I think with everything, it, it's, it's having boundaries and limit with it. And one thing that I definitely do is try to develop, um, those boundaries and limits with, with the children. And, um, you know, and I think too, is that, as I said earlier, you know, you know, we're, we're all trying to meet the, meet our clients where they are. And, you know, something that I've also tried to include is, you know, encouraging our parents to really reach into this type of interaction. Um, Because one thing I often hear from, from my clients is I wish mom and dad would play with me. I wish mom and dad would play a video game with me. I wish mom would play a video game with me, you know? And so encouraging the family to try something a little bit different, you know, they may not be able to, and I, and I think Monet said it beautifully, they may not be able to, as an eight-year-old verbally express what they're feeling, but they can express themselves in other mediums through gaming or interaction. And it doesn't always just have to be video games. You know, I, we find this, in, you know, obviously even this on play therapy board games, you know, that they, they just like that physical interaction, you know, and I also think about the way that I learn, um, you know, I I'm audio and visual learning. And so when, when I see something, it, it helps me to hear it as well, you know? And so for kids, it, it's, they can't just, verbalize what they're what they're they're experiencing what they're feeling and so using these mediums are really opening them up um to a way that they can communicate um and and i think that all of us if we would we would probably agree that um if if we would just sit back and observe um a child and the way that they interact with their friends they they do a lot of interaction through technology you know whether it is um, making videos or uh, creating things. And, you know, we have to really embrace that. And, and as adults, um, kind of come up with a better understanding of how can we be part of that with them? All right. So something I'm hearing as an overall thread here 
And is that some of those things that we need to be focusing on are not so much the kids themselves. It's actually the parents, the adults that, I mean, yeah, there is issues definitely with the kids, not saying that this is all, all just the kids. This is also the parents. This is also the adults that they are in relationship with. Um, Cause I, this was something that happened in a consultation group I was with. And we were talking about a case some a while ago where the parent had come to the therapist and asked, how could they enter, get more attention and get their kid to do these things and, you know, household chores and so forth. And one of the things that we, that was also going on was there was disruption in the parent relationship and the parent that wanted to make, to have these changes was the parent that had actually the worst relationship with the kid. So this brings us back to that standpoint is, is all of it's very easy for a lot of parents to say the kid's having a problem without actually looking at how much they are also involved in the environment and the situation and the relationship with their kid. Who's not listening to them. Well said, well said, I have definitely worked in, in teams, you know, where I'm a therapist amongst, you know, three or four other mental health professionals, you know, and, and one of those is, parent coach, you know, working with the, the parent and the child. And, um, you know, oftentimes the parent needs therapy. And, you know, when I start therapy with the child, uh, sometimes it's revealed to the parents that, okay, we also need a family therapist here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's it's a bigger dynamic. So sometimes we are that first step in, in this, uh, larger process mm-hmm. for, for the family and the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think when we were discussing doing this, you had an experience that I think was most telling along this lines about what's going on, not just with the kid, but especially with the parent. Could you do you remember that particular one? You know, it's funny because when you mentioned that, I'm <laughs> I'm thinking of like one that I've had every other week since then. Oh, <laughs> so, you know, it just like okay, let me think back through you know not it's just it's just uh telling of like hey this is a constant this is you know and if, if as a parent you are connecting with this or you're feeling ashamed like don't feel ashamed like this is pretty universal and you know your your suffering is is shared um mm-hmm. in this way um but yeah no it's it's uh it's clear and it is really interesting i think a lot of parents expectations you know, it's, it's hard to match where the child is at because their child is changing and developing so fast in so many different ways. And I, I really feel privileged to see a part of their kid really shine through. And, and you know, unfortunately the, the parents want to experience that, see that too. But then what they're seeing is uh, they're not cleaning the room. They're, you know, they're not, they're shutting down, but they're shooting daggers with their eyes mm-hmm. or, you know, there's a lot of school issues and, um, you know, having to, to work through all that is, mm-hmm. um, is a process. And the same thing for us as therapists when we're working with them, because I think that was the experience that I was kind of mentioning. What was going on with you during a certain session that made you just showed what was going on in your head? Do you remember the one I'm talking about? You know, I, I think if I could, if I could go back to that and I, I, I like to think that maybe I've, I've done better. So if I were to coach mm-hmm. myself as mm-hmm. a, a therapist, but that, yeah, but that's what we're, no. so as I recall, you were talking about an occasion when you were playing with some of the video game with some of the kids, it was, I think a new video game for you and the inner monologue that was going on for you as you were trying to play oh, the yes. game, that one. That's right. That's right. Okay. Very good. That's specific. Yeah. I, I think the, a lot of the, that's right. The shame the, oh man, I'm not good enough. I'm getting angry. And so, okay, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of transference, like my own stuff as a kid, not feeling good enough in this game. And also as the adult and the therapist an expectation that I should be better than this elementary school kid in this game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was super kind. He, and so there's a lot of my own emotional uh, dysregulation coming in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that made me think, okay, this is probably why it's really hard 
for parents to jump into these games. There's family hierarchies, there's insecurities, um, but it can really be an opportunity for parents to self-reflect, but also to give uh, the child autonomy and that ability to communicate, cooperate, work together, show you their powers, um, which they're really proud of. I think that, um, you know, we've, we've brought up some really good points and, you know, one, something that I, I enjoy or notice in there when we're talking about co- uh, cooperation um, it, it, and what you can do in this gaming environment is developing really critical skills um, such as cooperation or social interaction or integrity, you know, oftentimes um, something you know, the kids will want to make up their own rules versus what the actual the rules of the games are. And, um, you, you know, and I do hear some feedback when I, I, we do see some parent interaction and, and the kids like, well, yeah, my parents will play with me, but then they like they get frustrated and they get mad at the game or all they want to do is just beat me, you know. And and I think that there there's some, you know, kind of going on along with what uh, Monet said is, um, you, you know, sometimes we're playing these kids and they just demolish us with that. And, you know, a, as an, an adult, you know, when I play with clients or even my own children, um, you know, I gauge their emotional response regarding what game we're playing or what interaction we're ha- having. And, and, you know, and I can think of a situation with my son, one of my sons, the, one of the twins, um, we were playing a basketball game on, on the PlayStation and, and I was just really having a good game. Like I was just having a good game and he was getting emotionally dysregulated because he was trying so hard. He was working so hard and I ended up throwing the game and he had no clue that, that I was doing that. And I did that not knowing, I was just trying to help him out and just kind of help him regulate himself. But the interaction after the game, it wasn't throwing anything in my face. He's like, that was such a good game. I, I tried so hard and I'm like, I, I didn't think I was going to do it, but I was, I was able to do it, you know? And, you know, that was a growth moment for him. You know, he, he, doesn't know what I did. And he still thinks that we had a really competitive game. He came out successful and, and he, he learned something from that. He learned competition. He learned cooperation. He learned how to regulate his emotions. I I do also kind of want to just address maybe a little bit about the difficulty I also see with parents. And, And I think it really, for me, stemmed back to seeing a lot of people doing virtual school and, you know, going from a brick and mortar to a virtual setting. And, you know, one of the things quickly that happened was um, the school districts really wanted um, the parents to be what was called like parent educators. And so as the kids were doing their schoolwork, the parents were really supposed to be the educator part of it or uh, in their education. And then the school teachers kind of reinforced what was going on, you know, and and I really saw a lot of parents struggling with this, you know, or saying, well, you know, I I don't send them to school. So I'm the teacher. That's the teacher's job. And I, I think we do see very much a disconnect of parents that probably are unsure of their own capabilities, you know, um, not knowing how to do, you know, maybe it's common core uh, curriculum or maybe having struggles doing just basic arithmetic and punctuation or grammar or whatever it is. And so they come into these situations having, having their own hard feelings and their own struggles. Um, and, and I really do think that that plays a part in this interaction. You know, if, if you're trying to be a, you know, a parent and maybe you've put yourself up there on this pedestal where I'm always right, I have to do everything correctly, and you get in a game and your kid just demolishes you, you know, what are they experiencing? What are they feeling? You know? and, and, and if you don't have the skill set to regulate your own emotions, how are you going to be able to teach your kids to regulate theirs within a gaming environment? Very much so. And I think there's also the standpoint of how many parents really understand that that's part of what their actual task is here. Not just, you know, keeping the roof over the head and putting, putting clothes on the back and making sure they're fed. It's helping develop regulation. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And well, not that we're not even going to touch Common Core. I get some of the things that they want to do with that. There's also <laughs> stuff. It's like you're making this way more complicated than it needs to be, and especially <laughs> with some of us that had to deal with the other ways of learning mm-hmm. as well. But that's a conversation for a different time. Um, because the other thought that came as we started this conversation, I just I don't know if how many of you have Netflix, the new the '90s show suddenly popped into my head. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I was suddenly thinking about the differences between the seventies show, which is its precursor and this nineties show. Mm-hmm. And even more going back to that uh, subject of sitting with the kids playing with them. Yeah. How much are we also looking at the standpoint of generational differences because of living experiences? Absolutely. And Absolutely. living experiences that did not get processed well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I think that you know when we talk about those generational experiences um, between even the seventies and the nineties looks very different. And a, as we you know engage technology in that, um, you know, I guess this kind of reminds me back when I was a kid and um, the VCR was really popular and. My grandparents, or and even my mother, she couldn't figure out how to hook up the VCR, and they would call me in, and you know I was, I don't know, 11, 12 years old, and uh, hooking up a having to hook up a VCR to a television for them that was you know pretty pretty simple, and you know I think as we now we move into the 2000s and even the the 2020s, as technology has changed so much that we still have that generational disconnect that that parents don't understand the technology and you know that actually i've heard that question i you know i don't understand why he enjoys these games i don't understand why she likes to play this and i i think that we really forget it's it's not i don't know that we really need to understand why i think what we really need to understand or really look at is being a part of that and and you know how does this help them or how does this maybe impair them. And, and, and I do really love going back to that, you know, teaching our kids the emotional regulation part of it, because if we don't teach them, who else is going to teach them? And, um, and, and I think that we see that a lot is, is parents struggle with their own emotions that they really have a hard time teaching their, their kids, those emotions. But yeah, you know, Perry bringing up that generational aspect, you know, it, we still see that, you know, just that disconnect between generations and technological advances. I mean, we're not going, we're not going to go ever go back to a time where we didn't have technology. Um, and so, you know, we often have to just continue to learn. And, you know, I truly believe that we're all um, students of life and our, our, our one main goal in life um, is to continue to learn and continue to educate ourselves. Well said. Yeah, I think I think as parents or adults, you know, having to reframe, you know, and and kind of redefine what is maybe the positive outcome we're looking for. You know, if if you go into a game yeah. and you lose and you feel ashamed, that that's that's punishment, and it's you're less likely to go back and try to game or try to watch your kid. You know, and and kind of changing what you're you're looking for is oh hey okay i i did this i went out and i played a round of my kid's favorite game and that can you know reinforce you showing up again and then you get better and you know being able to highlight what maybe winning looks in different ways you know showing up um the teamwork aspect you know i played play fortnite with a kid and we we took second and then we said, okay, let's, let's try and win the next one. And we took 26th. And, you know, if we only looked at the rankings, we'd feel like, okay, we, we did terribly. But then at the same time, I was like, you know, like you covered me really well. Or like, oh man, you went back to save me and revive me. You didn't have to do that. And kind of looking at different areas of, you know, how one can be helpful and encouraging to another person and, um, you know, not looking at that outcome and uh, mm-hmm. that placement, which I see a lot in, in, you know, competitive environment, like the Bay area, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's mm-hmm. you know, you got middle schoolers having panic attacks because they're not going to 
you know, somehow get the best grade in middle school grades. And I have to explain to him, like, nobody's going to see those grades. Like, you know, yeah. focus on the study skills, the sleep habits, the things. Yeah. Mode, you actually just said something um, when you're ta- talking about, you know, winning a game. Um, I-, I had an experience. Uh, matter of fact, it was just not long after we had, I maybe spoken in December and I was playing, playing a game with a, a general, uh, uh, one of my clients, a boy. And, um, we, uh, we got on, it was call of duty. I think, yeah, we were playing, um, battle Royale or one of, one of those and everything just kind of clicked in this game with, with both of us. And, um, we ended up winning the battle Royale or, or winning the game. And he said, that's the first time I've ever won this. And, and I said, Hey buddy, guess what? He goes, what? I said, that's the first time I've ever won this too. And it was kind of just like a a beautiful moment that he's like, wow, we, we won this game. And, you know, we, we didn't expect it. We just, we just went in there and was playing everything just lined up uh, correctly. And we both just kind of had a beautiful experience of winning this together. And, you know, it was just, it was just a really cool moment. Um, I also do think, you know, recently, I think it was last week, I was playing uh, Roblox with a, with another client, a girl, and um, we were on, I think they're called obbies or obbies, um, no, where obbies, yeah, where you go in, you have to jump on these locations, and they're, they might be moving or swinging, and you have to go, you know, traverse these little obstacles, and, you know, my client's going through all these obstacles, great. And I, I'm still, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm still at the beginning. I, I keep on falling and have to reset. And she's like, where are you at, James? Where are you at? And I said, well, I'm still at the beginning. <laughs> so, you know, it, and it's the, the great thing is they're encouraging me. They're like, you can do it. Just, okay, go over here and do this. Here, hang on. I'm going to jump all the way down and start back all over with you, you know? And so, we find these envi- environments or we find these situations where our, our clients are encouraging us. And those are life skills that, that are tremendously needed where they're, you know, they can, they can take those and learn how to encourage their peers and encourage their friends in situations, you know, and, and it's just, it's so unique and it's so great to see how we can, we can use this medium and it's developing these positive your skills. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. And I think that's a great place for us to take a break on that note. So stay tuned for our second half. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with Monet Goldman, licensed marriage and family therapist, and James Wallace. Sorry, sorry, not Wallace, James Walls. Sorry, I'm completely blanking for some reason. <laughs> LPC. That's <laughs> all so here on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls. So stay tuned, folks. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. 
Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, send an email to pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program. Hello, all. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. We're here for our second half, here with Monet Goldman, licensed marriage and family therapist, and James Walls, LPC. And uh, I'm also Perry Clark, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So we've been talking a bit about the idea of video games, what goes on with kids, but much more we're talking about what's going on with their parents, because that's one of the key factors in addressing any of these things. So... I'm curious then, uh, as we were talking about in the other half, about the idea of the skills and the things that are actually going on here that parents can actually call on and recognize, because in many ways, they're having to do a bunch of those things in their daily lives as well. But what what comes up to you and what comes up with the standpoint of there are other skills that are being found in the game playing? Yeah, so I think the ability to draw parallels between the very positive, you know, communication, social, emotional regulation uh, abilities uh, from the game to other areas of one's life, you know, be it with, um, you know, a soccer team um, classes, um, you know, in, in childhood, but this can also be done, which I, I also work with adults too. And um, in a, the professional world, you know, when people become project managers or they're managing a team. And I think James's um, example of this super helpful, collaborative, kind client. And it's like, okay, there's this ability for a coach or manager to come down to their intern or new hire, get them up to speed and help them. And, you know, that's, uh, that's, I think what, what our society needs uh, away from maybe the horrible bosses that I'm sure we've either seen in media or experienced ourselves. And so you can really, um, you know, cultivate, I think, a healthier society, um, you know, by building these skills here. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, one common theme that we hear, you know, since we've been talking today is emotional regulation. And I think that there is a lot of skills that, parents overlook and a lot of skills that if they just had a little bit more understanding of where their child is, they could really jump into this whole lesson idea and, and developmental idea of meeting their children's needs, you know, and, and I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head, you know, seeing some recent games that I've played with my, with my kids um, and even, you know, like chess games and, uh, there's there's a lot of skills that go into chess, whether you're playing it digitally or on a on a chessboard. But these skills that we're looking at, what you know, whether it's um, critical thinking or problem solving skills or moral reasoning skills, these are some skills that parents can really relate to. Um, and if they really watch their kids and their children, they can really see that their children are, are their children are trying to figure out these obstacles. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that, you know, obviously we, we know that, that some gaming environments, whether they're doing online play and they're interacting with other people, um, you know, and they start maybe hearing people say things that they shouldn't be saying, um, how do you, how do you interact with that? You know, do you, as a parent, do you just kick them off the game or, you know, do we limit their ability to hear that? Or, you know, do we allow our kids to interact with that? Um, you know, and so there's a lot of questions that our parents can be start be asking themselves of, you know, what what's what's coming out here that's good because it's not all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so the other part is, you know, those critical thinking. You know, um, is, is my child having integrity? 
Um, is my child being courteous? Um, it, you know, how are they, how are they figuring out this game that I can't even figure out? You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of life skills that are coming in these games that our parents can really jump into it. And I, and I think a lot of part, a lot of that starts with the research aspect of what the gaming is or what the game is. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that I do with my children is if you know, there's a game that they're interested in, or they're like, um, you know, I have, they, they ask me for a game and I have to approve it for them on my, like my phone or something, you know, if they're game, if they're downloading on their iPad or, you know, their device, but I always look up and see what that game is. Um, you know, I'm re- really curious, um, you know, and, and I think that also brings up, you know, something I, several years ago, I was in um, marriage counseling and, and just something that this marriage therapist uh, said to me that has stuck with me since then is maintain curiosity. And I think if, if our parents ask themselves, how can I be more curious about my kid and, and my child and who they are? I think that we can see that divide strengthen. I think we can see that divide diminish. And I guess what I meant that the relationship strengthening, mm-hmm. maintain that curiosity, you know, mm-hmm. which is gets a naturally into more questions that we want to actually encourage these parents, all these listening yeah. parents to consider beyond asking, why do they enjoy this? Why are they interested in this? And I will say one of those things that helps to make this question questioning work is you need to pause. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pause, take a moment and breathe. When you ask these questions, if you're constantly running and uh, heaven forbid, we know these things, life things need to be going done, whether it's getting the stuff done for your job or getting the laundry out of the laundry um, before it gets either wet or dry. Mm-hmm. Fully respect that those things need to happen, but nothing says, nothing says you can't take five seconds to breathe and ask these questions. Now, what other questions come to mind that might be useful to have parents start asking? Yeah, I, I think what I, I've started to look for and that's come up as I play with the kids is, you know, where are maybe the more logical, strategic parts of their brain being flexed? You know, the problem solving, the uh, the planning, right? They're saving a game. Um, and, you know, you ask parent, oh, they, they don't clean the room. They don't do this. They don't do that. They don't, you know, think before they, they act. Um, but then in, in the game, you actually see quite the opposite. You see, you know, quite a mature development of these skills. And especially with kids with ADHD, you know, um, you, you definitely, yeah, I was having a session with a kid and parent and, you know, it was very different. Once I came in, you know, the parent, of course, was doing their natural thing, questioning, judging. I think that's what comes out, right? The judgment. And mm-hmm. I think the kids mm-hmm. are very sensitive yeah. to that. And so, you know, I'm there and, you know, I'm doing the opposite, right? Being curious, you know, they're, they're organizing their, their Pokemon or, or their, their gear in a certain order. I was like, oh yeah, that that's, that's really interesting how you're doing that, you know? And, um, Wow, that's really effective what you did. And then he starts playing. Yeah, you know, I start with you know the lowest level, and you know that way it winds down my opponent's you know uh, resources, and then I can come in with you know my bigger Pokemon. And I'm like, wow, that's really smart. And then the parents they're like, yeah, that's actually really you know smart. And then they kind of quieted down and started observing. And so you can really, I think, model these these things together. And uh, uh, you know. This is for the therapists out there listening, trying to, um, you know, just having, I think that silence or, you know, that nice quiet time is, is a huge change for, for the family, you know, when there's always so much noise and criticism, judgment. Um, so, you know, just something to uh, consider there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, as Monet was speaking, I was actually kind of thinking of a concept, you know, when we're talking about um, this organi- organizational aspect um, one of my, one of my sons that he really enjoys, um, call of duty, uh, what he does with the weapon systems on there, like he takes pride in it. He takes pride in, uh, customizing the colors of the weapons on there, or, um, he's researching and figuring out, um, what the best setup is, what, what the best, 
uh, layout's going to be. And, and that actually even goes into the character, the avatar that he uses. You know, he takes a lot of pride in developing that avatar and what that avatar looks like. The same thing goes with, you know, if he's playing Fortnite or, you know, something of, of, of the, something like that. And so, you know, I think about like that, if he can go in there and, you know, and, I, and I'm thinking that's on as a parent, if he can go in there and organize the stuff, how can I transition that to how, how can you go in there and organize your room similar? And so, you know, if, if we take that pause and really look at what they're doing, there's a lot of crossover between what they're doing in gaming and how we can utilize that in their day-to-day experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question I, I'd like to see parents ask is, you know, how can I be more childlike? How can I be more curious? How can I, how can I be more connecting? How can I be more understanding? And, um, you know, I, I think part of that goes to just try, mm-hmm. just try, mm-hmm. you know, we, we always, we always know that adage, you know, if you, you do the same thing that you've always done, you're going to get the same result. You have to do something different to get a different result. Just give it a try. It doesn't, it's not going to hurt. Um, and you might be surprised of what, what you get by that simple interaction or, um, that simple, and it, and it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to be on a gaming world, you know, as far as on the internet or, uh, through a system that might be a board game that might be a card game, you know, and just kind of go back to your own inner child and have some fun, go out there and play, go out, you know, maybe go outside on the, if you have a trampoline, you know, jump on the trampoline, be silly, you know, mm-hmm. go shoot some baskets, you know, and it, it just, it just, the big aspect is you have to do something different, you know, go make your kids laugh. You know, I, I, I just, there was an incident last night. I, I heard one of my other, my son coming out of his bedroom. I actually had called him. I heard him open the door. He was playing VR and I was laying on the couch and I was just, I, I, I just, I had my, arms up and my legs up and just had a silly look on my face. And he comes in the living room and he just starts laughing at me. And, you know, and part of that was I purposely did that to connect. He had a kind of a rough day at school and I just wanted to, I just wanted to see him laugh a little bit. And, you know, it's just trying different things. And, and I think that that's a one big question our parents can ask themselves is how can I try better? How can I try something new? Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the other core things in all of this too is the standpoint for those that are very fond of the love languages. All of this also comes back to around the idea of quality time. Absolutely. That many and for a lot of kids, the first and most important thing is quality time, as well as then I'd say words of affirmation, but mm-hmm. quality time first, then the words of affirmation. Yeah. 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 I think it's, sorry. Go ahead, James. I, I was. Thank you, Monet. I, I was just thinking about a, a time that uh, m- my son was having me play uh, VR with him, and we were playing, I, I think it was Gorilla Tag or, or something. And, uh, y- you know, just that interaction with him, of him teaching me Gorilla Tag um, was like, he was so excited, you know, explaining all these things to me. And, and you know, and it's that quality time, you know, that quality time uh, that they're engaging with us, you know, so. So I think that's a great place for us to go ahead and wrap up here. So if parents you or other therapists want to get in touch with you to ask some questions or get consultation on working with some of their kids and their families, where can they reach you? Well, I do have a website called videogamecounseling.com. I do also run groups and uh, have have a great cohort of uh, teens, and we we really um, you know have a great time. I I do also consultation with uh, therapists and professionals trying to you know understand uh, how they can use VR video games in their practice. All right, and that listed as what's the website address? Uh, VideoGameCounseling.com. Uh, wow. Email is usually best, and I do have a YouTube channel. Um, periodically updating some videos i do have a training coming up mm-hmm. in collaboration with let's play therapy as well all right and what's the youtube channel 
Um, I think it's also video game counseling. It's kind of sporadic. Um, I am, you know, seeing a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I am also hiring a therapist of the future to, um, you know, learn this stuff and, and uh, help families out there. All right. And what about for you, James? Yeah, the best way that um, that I can be reached as my email, and that's going to be james.walls at alliancementalhealth.com. So james.walls at, oh, excuse me, james.walls at alliancementalhealth.us. So james.walls at alliancementalhealth.us. And unfortunately, I don't, ha- I don't have a, uh, a website or, or, a, or a YouTube page. Uh, hopefully in the future, that's something that I, I most definitely would like to get get um get going but yeah the my email address is the best way for everybody to get all the three all righty so we'll try to have those in the show notes and we'll go from there so this has been untying knots minds and souls untethered i'm perry clark licensed marriage and family therapist we want to thank you for listening and thank you these two gentlemen for coming here and working with us and trying to help us enjoy the video games with our kids because we also want the parents to have fun too absolutely not just the kids So stay tuned, folks, and we'll be back for another episode. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN.